Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2,354, with a release date of Friday, December 9th, 2022, to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. A young amateur's balloon makes an incredible journey. A new record is set for the lowest ham band in Australia. And meet the recipient of Newsline's International Newsmaker of the Year Award for 2022. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2354 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's independent, on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now, reporting from Union, Kentucky, here's Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Our top story this week asks, when is a transmitting error not really an error, but a triumph? When those transmissions are coming from an amateur radio high-altitude balloon that became the first of its kind to come so close to the South Pole. Kevin Trotman, N5PRE, has that story. When the high-altitude balloon transmitting KM4ZIA, the amateur radio call sign of 15-year-old Jack McElroy, was launched recently in Antarctica, it became part of atmospheric work being done by the University of Alabama researcher Todd McKinney, KN4TPG. Instead of just helping build mathematical models of the atmosphere, however, Jack's balloon soon embarked on an incredible journey. A little more than a week later, its navigational equipment began to spit out a series of error messages on 20 meters. One observer in the U.S., however, realized that nothing was really wrong. He knew, in fact, that something remarkable was happening. Family friend and high-altitude balloon expert Bill Brown, WB8ELK, knew Jack's solar-powered balloon was a short distance from the South Pole. Mapping systems could no longer determine its position from the data being sent on 20 meters because of the densely spaced lines of longitude here at the end of the Earth. Jack's father, Tom McElroy, W4SDR, told Newsline in a phone interview, This is the closest any amateur radio balloon has come to the South Pole. Tom said Bill phoned the family home in Georgia that morning from Huntsville, Alabama on December 1st and said Jack's balloon had literally gone off the map. Tom broke the news to the unastonished Jack on the way to school. He said Jack had quite a story for his science teacher that day. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Kevin Trotman, N5PRE. You can track Jack's balloon at aprs.fi using his call sign KM4ZIA. This isn't Jack's first balloon either. He has launched several over the years, including two years at Youth on the Air Camp in a team effort with his sister, Audrey McElroy, KM4BUN, who is this year's 2022 Amateur Radio Newsline Young Ham of the Year. The charitable spirit of amateur radio has always extended past direct involvement with radioactivity. Here in the U.S., one club in Pennsylvania is looking for amateurs' assistance in a project that members have been committed to for a number of years. Cell MB KB3TZD gives us those details. If you're starting to receive holiday cards from friends or eagerly awaiting the arrival of QSL cards from those treasured DX contacts, Members of the Holmesburg Amateur Radio Club, WM3PEN, in Philadelphia, are asking one more thing of you. Save those stamps. Hams in the Pennsylvania Club support the Stamps for the Wounded program, which accepts donations of stamps from around the world for use in occupational therapy programs in convalescent centers and hospitals where veterans are receiving treatment. Although the Everyday United States Forever Flag stamp is not needed for this program, All other stamps are welcome. 
Stamps should have at least a quarter inch margin around them and should not be removed from the original envelopes on which they are sent. The hams in this club have been longtime supporters of the program, which was established in 1942 to encourage stamp collecting among the nation's military veterans who were at various stages of recovery. The program has more details on its website at stampsforthewounded.org. That's stampsforthewounded, one word, dot org. If you wish to donate stamps to help the club in their efforts, you can send them to Rich Shivers, K3UJ. You'll find his address in the text version of this week's newscast at arnewsline.org. This is Cell MB, KB3TZD. According to at least one member of the U.S. Federal Communications Commission, rumors of the death of AM radio are greatly exaggerated. Kent Peterson, KC0DGY, brings us that report. The good news is that AM radio has a future, which means the band isn't going to be reallocated anytime soon. Those were the words of FCC Commissioner Nathan Symington, speaking recently at the 79th Annual Convention of the National Association of Farm Broadcasting. Symington said, for one thing, AM radio is an integral part of the life of the more than 3 million farmers in the United States who rely on it for daily vital information. He called it the, quote, essential spine, end quote, of the emergency alert system. He said that despite beliefs by many that it had been killed off by more advanced technology, AM radio is here to stay for the foreseeable future, especially for those who live on the kind of farm where he himself grew up. He said he is against any move the FCC might be pressured to consider reallocating the band. He told convention attendees, quote, Look, people listen to radio in their cars or trucks, particularly rural radio. That's just how it is. And if people lose the ability to tune into AM on their cars, well, there goes AM radio, end quote. He said that while satellite is a good option, it is too expensive. He said AM radio is not just free, but carries an important emergency signaling infrastructure. In his opinion, the best option for AM radio's future is to simply preserve it for the generations to come. This is Kent Peterson, KC0DGY. In a further development, an influential United States lawmaker has joined the push to talk automakers out of eliminating broadcast AM radio in new cars. Senator Ed Markey of Massachusetts has asked the car companies to respond in writing about their intentions regarding AM and FM radio. He acknowledged that electric vehicles can cause electromagnetic interference with AM signals, but encouraged car makers to pursue some of the remedies they have devised. The car companies include General Motors, Jaguar, Kia, BMW, and American Honda. In case you need a way to keep the holiday fun going even after the holiday season, QRZ.com has an event marking the winter season in the Northern Hemisphere. Ralph Squalachi, KK6ITB, brings us up to date on that. There's so much more to amateur radio than just the technical and scientific side of things. The Radio Society of Great Britain is looking for someone to help address an important social concern. Here's Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, with the details. The Radio Society of Great Britain is creating the volunteer position of Social Diversity Officer to help the board address inclusion and diversity within the ranks of amateur radio and the society itself. Some of the new officer's tasks will include helping boost society membership, but will also focus on encouraging hams of all ages and backgrounds to get their licence. 
The RSGB is hoping that through creation of this new position, the Society can complement the work of the RAIBC, the Radio Amateur Invalid and Blind Club, which serves radio amateurs and shortwave listeners with disabilities. If the role of Social Diversity Officer is one for which you would be interested in volunteering, please visit the Society website at rsgb.org forward slash volunteers. Application deadline is Monday the 16th of January. This is Jeremy Boot, g 4 NJH. Listeners around the world tune in regularly to WWV and WWVH, the radio station of the National Institute of Standards and Technology, for various voice announcements, including the time. Now the U.S. government agency hopes qualified engineers will tune in to an important job opening it has for a position based in Hawaii. Jack Parker, W8ISH, tells us more. Radio station WWVH, which is part of the National Institute of Standards and Technology, is looking to hire an engineer in charge. In addition to maintenance of the station on Kauai, Hawaii, the job requires regular communication with NIST's Time and Frequency Division in Boulder, Colorado. The engineer is responsible for the four radio transmission systems on 2.5, 5, 10, and 15 megahertz, which are required to be on the air 99.7% of the time. One or two electronic technicians will report to the engineer in charge. For more details about this job and whether you qualify, visit the link in the text version of this week's Newsline script at arnewsline.org. This is Jack Parker, W8ISH. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline. Heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the Mid-State Hams, WA9RDF repeater, in Greenwood, Indiana, on Sundays at 7 p.m. local time. In Australia, a new record has been set for a contact on the 2200-meter band. John Williams, VK4JJW, has those details. Using barely one watt of power, a station south of Perth in Western Australia made a record-setting one-way contact into North America on the 2200-meter band, which at 136 kilohertz is the lowest amateur band in Australia. The contact was made on November 21st between VK6MJM and received in the United States by Paul KM5SW in New Mexico. The distance was 16,164 kilometers. And the power was 0.8 watts EIRP. The station was using a five-minute key-down mode known as WSJT-X FST4W-300 mode. It was a big moment for the Western Australian Low Frequency Experimenters Group, or WALFEG, W-A-L-F-E-G, which operates the station. It's led by Peter Hall, VK6HP, and is affiliated with the Wireless Institute of Australia. This is John Williams, VK4JJW. The world's largest radio telescope is on track to be completed by the end of this decade. Graham Kemp, VK4BB, has more on its progress. Sites in Australia and South Africa have begun construction on the Square Kilometre Array Observatory, or SKAO, and astronomers are hoping to see the massive observatory's two antenna stations finish construction by May next year, with the first dish commissioned in April of 2024, according to a report on the Space.com website. 
When this huge project is completed, it will boast a full one square kilometre collection area and it will be the world's largest radio telescope. Construction began recently on the observatory's mid-array in the Karoo Desert of South Africa, which will scan for sources of radio waves from 350 megahertz to 15.4 gigahertz. The low array is also under construction north of Perth in Western Australia. It will use 131,072 dipoles, seeking signals on frequencies between 50 and 350 megahertz. This is Graham Kemp, VK4BB. In our previous newscast, we shared the triumph of the amateur-owned company that sent two of its made-in-India CubeSats into space aboard an Indian Space Research Organization rocket. The company announced it is ready to join other enterprises in that nation in taking the next step. Jim Meachins at L2BHF tells us what's next. Not long after the launch of its Tybalt-1 and Tybalt-2 satellites, Daruva Space, based in Hyderabad, announced it was moving forward to build a facility where it can assemble and test satellites as large as 100 kilograms. Co-founder Abai Igor, the company's chief technical officer, said Druva is already raising funds towards that end. Druva joins another India-based space company, Pixol, which is building a satellite assembly facility in Bengaluru. Pixol expects that project to be completed during the first half of next year. Other companies are gearing up as well. Bangalore-based Bellatrix Aerospace, which is building in Karnataka, and Agnikul Cosmos in Madras, which is looking to develop testing facilities in Chennai. This is Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF. In the world of DX, you can find Burkhard DL3KZA on the air from Albania as ZA slash DL3KZA until December 13th. He is on 40 through 17 meters, mainly using FT8, QSL to his home call, either direct or by the Bureau. Between December 10th and 16th, you'll be able to hear S21DX on the air from Dalshar Island in Bangladesh, IOTA number AS140. The operators will be using the HF bands and the QO100 satellite, QSL via EB7DX. Lester W8YCM is active until December 11th from Jamaica using the call sign 6Y8LV. He is also signing W8YCM stroke 6Y for the remainder of his stay, which lasts into January. Listen on the HF band, send QSLs for his home call. Listen for Cappy LU1COP operating from Isla Martin Garcia, Argentina, IOTA number SA055 as LP1A Slurk E until December 11th. Cappy is on 80 through 10 meters using FT8 and single sideband QSL via Logbook of the World. Paper QSLs should be sent to EA7FTR. When Amateur Radio Newsline began presenting its International Newsmaker of the Year Award in 2019, we did it to acknowledge the best embodiment of the spirit of amateur radio and the activities of an individual, club, or other organization during the past year. In presenting this year's award, we congratulate the winner we celebrated in that inaugural year, the West Bengal Amateur Radio Club of Kolkata, India. Here's our editor, Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT, to tell us why. Congratulations once again to the West Bengal Radio Club of Kolkata, India, Newsline's international newsmaker for 2022. Operating on a thin budget, sometimes with borrowed radio equipment, the club has consistently provided communications during cyclones, after earthquakes, at major public events, 
and to reunite missing family members with loved ones. The club also teaches its members valuable emergency response skills that help save lives. This past year, those skills helped prevent a different kind of tragedy. They assisted law enforcement in locating and rescuing a woman who had been kidnapped and was about to be handed over to a human trafficking ring. The stories we have given our listeners this past year about this club's efforts show that its commitment to public service, like their energy, knows no limits. Newsline spoke to the club secretary, Ambarish Nagbiswas, VU2JFA, and he explained why members are so committed. We only make this club not only for the amateur radio hobby. We make using this hobby how to save lives because all technology is for the human. If you not use your hobby for the human, I don't believe that hobby is zero. Hobby is just zero. All of us at Amateur Radio Newsline salute this group for its combination of technology and humanity. This is Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT. With thanks to Amateur Radio Weekly, the ARRL, CQ Magazine, David Bihar, K7DB, DXWorld.net, FCC.gov, Holmesburg Amateur Radio Club, Inventiva, QRZ.com, Radio World Magazine, the RSGB, shortwaveradio.de, Space.com, Startup Story Media, Tom McElroy, W4SDR, USAJobs.gov, Wireless Institute of Australia, and your listeners. That's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. We remind our listeners that that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, non-profit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at arnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. We also remind our listeners that if you like our newscast, please leave us a five-star rating wherever you subscribe to us. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the news desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Neil Rapp, WB9VPG in Union, Kentucky, saying 7-3, and as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2022. All rights reserved.